Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. To the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, an SB Nation blog dedicated to your Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm your host, PD, and I'm joined this week by Dale Bloom. Dale, how you been? I'm doing great. Happy fall, PD. The weather down here in Tennessee <laughs> has been absolutely gorgeous. So uh it's been it's been a great couple of weeks here. Yeah, we, we are firmly in hoodie weather here in Ohio, and I could not be more happy about it. I love it. Absolutely mm-hmm. love it. So it is fall. It is hockey season. The Jackets have continued to play preseason games, and uh, they've played five games at the point we're recording this here on Sunday afternoon. So by the time you listen, they will have also played a sixth game on Monday night. But uh, based on what we have seen so far in these preseason games, uh, what we're going to do today is go through the entire training camp roster and try to whittle it down to the opening night roster. Um, so for Brad Larson, you're McEachalina. If you're looking for some help, we're here to do all the hard work for you. So I'll be keeping notes here as we go through this, and we'll see if we can get down to 23 players uh, that will take the trip to Carolina next week. Uh, and let's see how we do. There are some tough calls here and some players who have made the decision very difficult. So I'm excited to see uh, where we end up here with this exercise. So starting with the forwards, and some of these are going to be very obvious. We don't need a lot of discussion on necessarily um, some of these players that I come across will have already been sent down. There were some moves made last week. Um, so just going in alphabetical order, starting with the forwards, uh, Roman Achan, he's going to be in Cleveland, Tyler Angle. He's going to be in Cleveland. First one we're going to have some discussion on here, Emil Bemstrom. Some of us were surprised that he was even re-signed to the summer as an RFA. Based on what you have seen from him so far, do you see him being in Columbus or Cleveland? I see him at least being put on waivers. I think it's <laughs> it's a question whether or not he makes it to Cleveland. Um, you know, there's an outside chance that a that a maybe a bottom feeder that doesn't uh, that has room on the roster might pick him up. Um, I think you saw uh, Arizona the other day pick up Johansson, Marcus Johansson off of waivers. Um, I still think that he's an NHL player. Um, at least the potential is there. Um, he would be really good on you know a bottom six for for a team that maybe needs that um, needs somebody who's defensive can play on the the PK. 
for the Blue Jackets specifically, I haven't seen enough for him, from him. He scored a couple goals. Um, but if you're comparing him to some other guys we're going to go through, um, I think that he's uh, on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, it was good to see him get on the board in one of those games, although it was kind of a, a little bit of a lucky deflection off his skate or whatever. Um, and for as impressive as he was last fall in camp, he has not reached that level again for me. And I'm honestly really disappointed about that because I expected a lot more from him. So it's um, it's disappointing. But yeah, I agree he's on the outside looking in. I don't know whether he would get picked up on waivers. I think it depends on when he goes on waivers because if he hits it right before the season starts when there's a bunch of players on waivers, I think there's a good chance that he sneaks through at that point. So I kind of hope that he does, but even if he doesn't, I think the forward depth has improved enough. So even if he hasn't necessarily declined much, it's just that enough other pieces have been added that are more valuable at this point. So... Yeah, I would agree with uh, Cleveland there for Bemstrom. Uh, next is Ben Boyd. He is one of the players that has already left camp. He was returned back. Now, what's interesting about him is he was part of Charlottetown in the queue, uh, but he this year he's going to be playing for a university up in Canada. Uh, so that's kind of a step down in league. I'm a little curious as to what's going into that move. Um, but he is you know, still under team control. We'll see what that does for his development. Uh, next up, Igor Chinnikov. I think he's done enough to make the Jackets roster right from the get-go. What do you think? I agree. I mean, he was, a lot of us penciled him into Cleveland to start the season. Yeah. Um, but as you said yesterday, PD, he's noticeably bigger. Um, he is using that size to battle for pucks. He had, a, he had several really nice plays in the neutral zone yesterday. Um, yeah. And just using his size to punch the puck forward back into the zone or knock it away from a defender. Um, he's holding onto the puck with more confidence. I mean, that goal he scored yesterday was just, it was elite. It was unbelievable. All, all skill. Great goal by him. Um, just him carrying the puck in himself. Absolute snipe. Yeah. It, I mean, it is just a stark difference to last year, how much bigger he looks on the ice. You know, I don't think he's gotten any taller or anything. He just seems like a bigger player out there. Definitely playing with a lot more confidence. Uh, you know, I think it's just the difference of having a, a year of NHL play under your belt. You know, I was hoping that he could find some way to make the roster, but I just thought there were enough, enough other choices that it was going to be hard. But, you know, what you wanted from these bubble players is to come into camp at preseason and say, no, you're not sending me down. My play is not going to let you send me down. And so he's got uh, three goals so far in three games. Man, that's in 48 minutes of, uh, of ice time. Looks great to me. So, yeah, Chinikov, congrats. Man. Now, you know, that's not to say he's going to play every game necessarily, depending on how they make the lines, but uh, he's definitely going to be on that roster for sure. Next up, Justin Danforth, another guy that I think has had a very good preseason. If you ask me right now who slots into that 12th forward spot, it's Justin Danforth. Yeah. Not only has he just looked the part, but he has been on the board. Um, he's looked good on the power play. I mean, I realize yeah. it's not against top PK, a top PK unit, but he's playing that pivot spot. He's making quick decisions. You know, I think that he, as of right now, he deserves that 12th spot. One reason why I think he will make it is he's kind of a Swiss Army knife at this point. 
because you can play him on power play on the penalty kill. You can play him at center or at wing, you know, and I don't see him playing a ton of center this year, but it's nice that you have that option on the roster without having to make another move. If one of the four incumbent centers goes down or is not ready at the start of the season, you know that you can slot in Danforth into a center role. Um, he can play wing. He can play up or down the lineup. You know, you can trust him defensively. You know, he could also provide some scoring touch. Uh, so he has put up three points himself in three games, two goals, one assist. So uh, another guy who, well, we know that the coaches loved him, so that maybe gave him an inside track to making the roster anyway. But it is hard to look at what he has done in preseason and feel like he is in any danger of not making it. He has, again, made the statement, yes, I am on this team. It's also a very underrated perk to have another center on the fourth line. Uh, oh, for you know, sure. Corrali's good in the faceoff circle, but you they're going to be having mostly defensive starts, right? And yeah. you he gets kicked out of the circle. Um, it's 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 underrated perk to have a, another center who can jump in there and, and win a faceoff. Yeah, and so far in three preseason games, he's won almost 59% of his faceoffs. That's really good. Really, really good. Next up is Luca Del Belbelu's second-round pick this year. Center, he has already been returned to Mississauga of the OHL. Didn't see a ton from him in the preseason action he got, but um, this was always just to get him a little bit of a taste of the NHL. Still have very high hopes for him going forward. He'll be one to watch next summer, next sure. uh, next training camp. Yeah, also sent down was Jordan Dumais. Again, the, I think he's just still a little undersized and a little, little green for, for the NHL, but I'm curious to see if he can maintain the very high production that he had in the queue. Uh, he had a great tournament in Traverse, so still very excited about that player. Josh Dunn, I think he's definitely Cleveland for him. Didn't get any action in Columbus last year, but in terms of a center call-up, you know, remember his name, but he's a Cleveland guy. Uh, next up, Trey Fix Wilansky. Um, I don't think he's done anything to get on the Columbus roster, do you? No, I mean, he's he's played well. It's He hasn't been invisible, but yeah, he hasn't been quite enough. Yeah, Cole Fonstad, that's another uh, Cleveland guy. Liam Foodie, he's been battling another shoulder injury, so he hasn't been playing. That's been, he's recovering um, from he's recovering from surgery. He's been skating along with um, yeah. Cylinder and Boone, but he hasn't had any any action. Yeah, so I wonder if that's a guy that will be able to maybe be on IR to start the season, and so you spare him the waiver trip at that point. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. That's Disappointing for a player like that because he really would have needed this preseason to be able to make a statement. I had forgotten that he was coming off of surgery. I thought that he could be kind of a dark horse to to yeah. win a spot um, just because of he's you know he's kind of one of those guys that's kind of suffered from COVID developmentally. Yeah, um, for he's sure. he's he's not a small guy. He's six two, um, and he's super fast. So um, who knows? Maybe he he lights up uh, Cleveland. Um, and gets gets called up eventually and has another shot to, to show what he has. Yeah, let's hope so. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. 
There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Brett Gallant, another uh, Cleveland guy, is one of the leaders of that Monsters team. Johnny Goudreau. Okay, that's... uh... No, no questions about that one. We can put that in in Sharpie. Uh, unfortunately, he's only played one game so far. I know that his wife was expecting her baby around this time, so uh, looking for some news about that soon. Hopefully, everything is going right there. Jake Godet, another Cleveland guy. Brendan Gauntz, uh, you know, one of these other bubble guys, but I think he's definitely on the Cleveland side of that bubble. Liam Howell was released from his uh, PTO, as was Samuel Huo. Uh, Boone Jenner has not played yet. He is still... Uh, they're taking it slow from his uh, back injury. He's supposed to be, fu- uh, you know, they're saying everything's all good. They just haven't tested him out yet in game action. Uh, do you have any concerns about that? Or Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of concern there. When a player says that he's 100%, but then they're not treating him like he's 100%, you know, you have to wonder if he actually is uh, or not at this point. I'd be surprised to see him at that one C spot at the beginning of the season, right? I mean, yeah. they're holding him back for a reason. You're just going to throw him in there and play him 20 minutes a night? I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, definitely. And at least, you know, get him some action so there's some chemistry forming in those lines, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And maybe he doesn't play center this year because of the next player on the list, Kent Johnson. You know, we were talking, you know, maybe will he start in Cleveland, but... I don't think I don't think there's any way that he. I think he's clearly an NHL player at this point. Yeah, I'd, seeing the way that he's played this preseason, you know, there's there are certainly times where you can see that he's undersized as far as you know strength wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in his weight, he's not he's not short by any means. Oh, he's definitely not, and that's something that stood out to me in person. Like he's definitely tall enough. He's a little thin, but I think he he does look a little bit thicker to me than he did last year he still has room to grow there but he is you know yeah he's definitely not a small thing that'll get you know pushed around that easily yeah but the way that he skates the way that he avoids i mean even even when he's up against somebody who is bigger than he is um they try and push him off the puck and he's just too slippery he has the the hands and the vision to get rid of the puck quickly when he needs to there's there's no reason to to send him down to Cleveland at this at this point. His puck work is phenomenal. He does so many fascinating things with the puck. Reminds me a lot of Ryan Johansson at his best in Columbus in terms of the way that he can dangle that thing. Now, sometimes I feel like he tries to do a little bit too much with that and, and coughs it up, but, I mean, the potential there is just, it is sky high, and he is clearly NHL ready now as he... A wing, is he a center? I don't know, but he's been playing exclusively center in preseason and has not looked out of place in that role. His uh, face-off percentage is maybe not where you'd want it to be, but the other defensive responsibilities of center, uh, he looks really good there. I'm I'm totally fine with him there. I mentioned in the comments the other day, I, I think it'd be a great idea to start him next to Jenner. You know, yeah. put, put Jenner on the wing, 
Uh, Johnson sure. in the middle, and Jenner can can sit there and, and take defensive zone faceoffs. Sure, um, and then let Johnson do the rest. I think that would be great developmentally for him. Kind of transition him in that way for sure. Yep, Sean Corrali, another lock and incumbent. Patrick Line, no question. Just, just real quick. Yeah, Line looks like a like looks like a different player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe not completely different player, but there looks like there's some improvements there. I'm I'm excited to to get things going here with him. I actually saw him back check on Saturday night. <laughs> he was, you know, he's not, uh, no one's going to confuse him for a Selkie candidate by any means. Um, he could still improve his defensive play, but the effort is there. Uh, he's trying to he's be in the right place at the right time. More too. Yeah, definitely using his body. He's strong on the puck. He was a little quiet offensively on Saturday, which was disappointing, but the uh, his first preseason game where he had Johnson at center and Goudreau on the other wing, that line was so good. That was <laughs> so much fun to watch. Oh man, so excited to see. Yeah, this uh, line A is wanting to to prove something this year, and, and that's really exciting. His buddy Yuna Luoto, no, no, he's he haven't really seen anything from him. James Malatesta was sent back to his team in the queue. Kirill Marchenko. What say you? Uh, he's another one that I think is firmly on the bubble still. Yeah, you know, I, we've seen a lot of good things from him. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to also be doing well away from the puck. Yep. Um, he doesn't look as lost as Chinikov did last season right. when he first started playing. But he's probably, at this point, in a direct battle with Chinikov for, mm-hmm. um, for that spot. Um, and I think right now, as of this moment, he's probably on the outside looking looking in. Yeah, you know, and wouldn't necessarily break my heart to see him spend a little bit of time in Cleveland just to continue acclimating to the North American game. He's a big dude, looks big out there. He looks like an NHLer. I think he's doing a lot of little things right. I was hoping to see a bit more dominant performance from him, which I have not seen quite yet. So I think he will, he'll definitely get a fair bit of time in Columbus this year. I just don't know if it's going to be right away. So we will. Leave him off the list for now, but let's let's come back to that because I still think there's a shot that he makes it. But you know, maybe even just in Columbus, but not playing every game, just alternating in and out as he continues to work on stuff. If he does end up in Cleveland, he'll he'll be the first call up if somebody in the top nine goes down. I mean, oh, absolutely for absolutely. sure. One player who has impressed me a lot, Carson Meyer. He has scored a couple goals. Is playing the way you want a fourth line guy to play you know, doing his job defensively, but then also, you know, able to put some pucks on net. I, I mean, depending on how the numbers work out, I, I think he's leaning towards the right side of the bubble here. Yeah. I could see him. It depends. All depends on another guy we're going to talk about um, that we'll get into. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see why he couldn't be the 13th forward um, the way that he's, he's played. So sh- should we mark him as a yes on the list here? I, I think so at this point. Okay, the next player, another big question mark. He's still on a PTO, but James Neal, is he still NHL ready for us, do you think? No, I mean, he he's looked okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were short on forwards, why not? Uh, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he, he looks like he'd be good enough to make a team, but we have enough other young options that I want to give them those minutes. So I would agree with leaving him off. Uh, if he's willing to play in Cleveland, I'd be happy to send him there. I just don't know if that's something that he is willing to do at this point. Um, 
he spent some time in the HL last year, but I think he'd prefer to stick on an NHL roster if he could. Uh, I'm sure maybe Chicago would have a spot for him or something like that. Uh, Gus Nyquist, definitely. And then a player that the Jackets uh, acquired this summer and who both Brad Larson and Yarmulkek Linen have spoken highly of at the start of camp, Matthew Olivier. I am not high on him. I wrote about that extensively in my recap of Saturday's game, but not everyone agrees with me on that. Uh, which camp do you fall in? He had two minor penalties last night. Yep. Um, he is prone to turnovers. Yep. I mean, even against lesser talent out there, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be mean, <laughs> but even against lesser talent, some of these preseason games, he just, he's not been able to possess the puck. Nope. You know, if you're putting him in the lineup, you're putting him in there solely to hit people and, and to, to punch people. And this isn't, this isn't 2004. Um, you know, this is 2022. If you're going to put a guy like that in the lineup, um, you know, I think that it's going to be a detriment to the team and not a help. Now I will say, and I don't want to get into this too much, but I'm, I'm not against bringing him up and playing him against a Washington, um, a Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, I, I'm one of the, I'm on firmly on the camp of play the skill guys, just outskill other teams. Yep. But if the NHL is not going to officiate their own games uh, well enough to um, actually prevent nasty and, and dirty hits from happening, I mean, you, there's going to be instances where you've got to be able to to have players who can retaliate um, if other teams are going to play that way. Um, I don't want the game to be that way, but I think mm-hmm. unfortunately it still is. Um, so I'm not against calling him up when when you need to, but but no, I'm I'm not putting him in. 90% yeah, and I. I understand your argument, but I made a point on Twitter today as I was arguing about this that, you know, there's the fable of the frog and the scorpion, you know, and the scorpion stabs the frog as they're going over the river. And he's like, it's in my nature, you know, it still drowns anyway. Um, so that's why I feel like for all this talk about, oh, you need him on there when we're playing these teams so guys don't get hurt. Like, I'm not convinced that he would actually be a deterrent. Yeah, you know, maybe a guy gets hurt and then he fights someone. It makes you feel good, but I don't it doesn't keep the person from not getting hurt. You know, it's not going to stop those borderline hits from happening because a guy like Tom Wilson, we've seen, can't control himself for making those hits. You know, guys are going to get hurt against Minnesota anyway, even if you have enforcer types on the team. So and then I was really frustrated in Washington where he's tried to pick a fight with Dmitry Orlov. Orlov didn't bite. So Olivier goes off for unsportsmanlike conduct and the Jackets are on the penalty kill. Like if you're going to mix it up with the other team at least make sure that it's actually a fight. So you get two guys going off offsetting penalties, you know, don't put your team at a disadvantage by, you know, going on the the penalty there. Uh, So that's, yeah, I am, I am down on him and I hope that the team sees the light and sees that there are enough players with more upside and yeah, call him up if necessary, if for those particular games, but for the most part, let your skilled guys play or guys like, um, you know, Danforth and Robinson and you know that are physical fourth line players but who also can do positive things with the puck I don't want any one-dimensional you know maybe Olivia's not strictly a goon but he's you know not much offensively mm-hmm. Robbie Payne is a Cleveland guy uh, Michael Putia was sent back to his Finnish team but uh, I I liked I really loved what I saw from him and Travers I think this guy's got upside I was kind of hoping he would have they would have kept him in Cleveland instead, but they must have some agreement with this team to to send him back. But um, I think we will 
maybe see him over North America again in the spring once the finished season ends. But he's a guy that I think is definitely on the rise with his stock. His instincts, watching him in some of those preseason games, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure he got on the board, but I think he had an assist or two. But to me, those instincts that he has um, are very positive. And I think oh. that we're going to see we're going to see more of him in the coming years. Agreed. Victor Rask, another guy on a PTO NHL veteran. Do you think that he uh, has earned a spot? I actually thought that he had a bit of a chance if uh, mm-hmm. some of the other bubble guys didn't perform. Um, but with some of the, the way that the bubble guys, some of these bubble guys have performed, I don't, I don't think there's a spot for him. My thing with Rask is that for all this talk about the, our center depth and, oh, we need centers, we need centers, that's really not the case anymore. What we need are top centers. That's still the question mark. Do we have a true 1C or 2C? But Rask is a depth center, and we have options there now. And actually, based on what we've seen preseason, we've got our four returning centers from last year. And if it's those four, I'm comfortable riding with those four again. We were very effective last year at different points. But we've also seen that Kent Johnson can play center. And Justin Danforth can play center. Mm-hmm. So that's giving you like basically six center options among your top 12 forwards as we're drawing this up. So I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with what we've got at center there. Now, yeah, if Rask is willing to go to Cleveland or something, um, and maybe even just on an AHL deal and we sign him to an AHL deal if we need to call him up. But, you know, I think we've got other options there that we don't need to add him as a contract. Agreed. Justin Richards. He is the son of Todd Richards. Uh, I believe he will be uh, in Cleveland, so we'll see him go there. Eric Robinson. He's uh, a roster lock, of course. Yeah, I agree with that, although I, I've been a little disappointed with, with him this preseason. In the games that yeah. he's played, he hasn't really done much, but it could just be a matter of him. He's good in his very specific role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's just uh, him not being in that specific role. He, he struggles a little bit. Yeah, I could feel better if he had done more against the lesser competition that he was facing. But at the same time, he has been around long enough that I know what he is. I know what his game is. And most likely, he's going to be on the fourth line with Sean Corrali. And those guys played so much together last year that I know what to expect there. And if it's... Robinson, Corrali, Danforth, I feel really, really good about yep. that fourth line. Yep. And and then again, also with those guys as penalty killers, Robinson could still be our top penalty killer. So I'm but I, I would agree that he is um you could just see that there's talent added to the roster that makes Robinson suddenly less of a sure thing, just because there's so much talent uh in question here. Uh Jack Roslovic, uh another lock. Hasn't had a stunning preseason so far, but uh, I'm not concerned about that yet. Um, I don't know where he plays in the lineup, though, honestly. You know, which which line, which wings, that's still very much up in the air for me. Yeah, so Roslovic, he's looked like a talented player. I, I don't know what else to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could very much see him starting in between line A and, and Goudreau. I, I, my personal opinion is it's going to be him or Sillinger. Um, and given Sillinger's current status and Jenner's yep. current status, it very well may be Roslovic. Um, but I think that he's going to spend most of the season in a top six, a six role. 
Yeah. Martin Rashlavi, he was returned to his uh, WHL team. Cole Sillinger, we referenced, so he has been dealing with an injury he suffered in camp, hasn't gotten to play yet, which is a little worrying, but hopefully he is healthy by opening day, and if he is, he will be in the lineup. Uh, I think we know what we've got there. His brother Owen will be going to Cleveland. Evan Veerling was released from his PTO. Uh, Jake Voracek, no question marks about him there. He's shown a bit of a goal-scoring touch in preseason, which is nice to see. Hopefully he can produce more there than he did last year. Uh, only six goals last year. I think he can. is capable of doing much more. He's still going to be much more of an assist guy, but uh, if he can be a little bit more of a threat, that opens up a lot of things, I believe. So at, that's the forwards, and that leaves us at 13. So do you want to put Marchenko as a 14th forward, or do you think we're going to need eight defensemen? I think that Marchenko should go to Cleveland to at least okay. start out. All right. So real quickly here, because we're running short on time, but we've got the defense here. And there's a lot of guys here that are definitely not going to make the team. But so Zach Wierenski will make it. Andrew Peek will make it. Vladislav Gavrikov will make it. Adam Boquist will make it. Jake Bean, just based on his contract, will make it. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think there's a big question mark whether he'll be in the opening night lineup. I've been pretty disappointed mm-hmm. with him this preseason. Um, he hasn't looked he hasn't looked like a top six guy in the organization. I don't, I don't know sure. what else to, to say about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Eric Branson will obviously be on the roster despite, you know, but we don't need to get into that again. The defenseman that has really stood out to me this preseason, though, is Nick Blankenberg. Mm-hmm. I think he's done enough to make the, the roster. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think there's kind of a big question mark. Can he play on the left side mm-hmm. um, of Goodbranson? Um, if the answer to that is yes, I could very well see him being in the opening night lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, if not, you know, maybe Bean is there. But, you know, I, I agree 100%. So I could see some sort of perhaps a rotation of Bean, Blankenberg, and Goodbranson in some combination there, especially if you have both Bean and Blankenberg as guys that can play either left or right side. So I think that gives you a little bit of flexibility there. And just depending on what kind of style of play you want to play in a particular night, whether you want more speed and offense, whether you want more strength and defense and that sort of thing, you can adjust the lineup accordingly. But I, I think that has to be your top seven. Is there of guys like, uh, say, Bayreuther, Bernie, Bjork, Christensen, Juracek, Kanashko, any of those guys that you would uh, put as an eighth defenseman on this uh, roster? I thought that Christensen looked good early on. Um, mm-hmm. He struggled a little bit last night um, yeah. against Washington. Um, so that kind of take, probably takes him out. Um, we haven't really seen uh, Kanasko in um, a, a strong role in the preseason. Um, right. The games that he has played, um, I thought that he looked pretty good. He hasn't been sent to the uh, WHL, um, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's still the plan or if he'll end up in Cleveland. If he ends up in Cleveland, I think that we'll see him in Columbus at some yes. point this season. And I think Cleveland would be the best spot for him. I don't know that he has anything left to prove in the WHL. He is already 20. I'm a little surprised that he would even still be an option there because there's a limit to the number of 20-year-olds that the teams can have in juniors there. There's also a limit on the number of 
Europeans they can have on the roster. So if he goes back to Seattle, like that would take up two spots on their two of those special spots there. So I don't know if that would be uh, worth it, but I like what I've seen from him. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think he's got good upside, uh, but I think Cleveland's the spot for him. I also think Cleveland's the spot for your check. I still can understand what the Jackets saw in him high upside. I just don't think that he is NHL ready yet. No, he's not. I will say um, he played pretty well defensively last night against mm-hmm. Washington. I was actually impressed with that. He's shown a lot of progression in the, mm-hmm. the three, four games that he's played in the preseason. Yeah. You know, he looked really nervous and kind of out of place in the first game. And he's gotten better each game, and which I'm super impressed by. It's not hard. It's not easy to to do that. So I'm, I am wondering if they'll send him to, to Cleveland, like you said. I think just the if you were to go back to Czechia, that league is just such a huge step down that I don't yeah. know what he gains from that. Yeah. Whereas, unless you're gonna, Cle- yeah, unless you're going to send him to Liga or something. Yeah, but even then, I, I think I'd like to have him closer because then he could get some NHL reps sooner if necessary. Dude's a big body. Yeah. I mean, you could, his size is apparent there. He's got the strength. Um, you know, and he's got, you know, he skates well, he's got good puck skills. He's got a very good stick. Yeah. But just, you know, getting everything all together and, and meshing with his teammates and stuff, that's still a little bit of a work in progress. And he's still coming over off that knee injury earlier in the year. So I'm sure he's not a hundred percent from that. So I think Cleveland would be a good spot. It would be a step up in competition and give him good coaching and would be close to Columbus for, uh, when the opportunity arises there. Then for goaltenders, we know the situation here. Nothing there has really changed. We haven't seen Corpy yet, which makes me wonder if he's even going to be ready to go opening day. If not, mm-hmm. then it would be either Daniil Tarasov or Jet Reeves as the backup. I would probably let Tarasov get the starts in Cleveland and let yep. Jet Reeves be the backup to Elvis. Absolutely. Jet Reeves has looked really, really strong to me. Mm-hmm. Love what I've seen from him. Absolutely. Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, I've been less impressed by Pavel Chayon. He's on an AHL-only deal. I can imagine that he would spend much of the time in Kalamazoo rather than Cleveland. Uh, also want to give out a shout-out to Nolan Lalonde, who is an 18-year-old from the OHL who was undrafted, was a on a tryout contract here in camp, and on Sunday was given an ELC from the Jackets. So he'll be going back to Erie of the OHL, but... He looked pretty good in the uh, little bit of preseason action that he got. I know, Dale, you were a big fan of his. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from him. Some people were wondering why he didn't draft a goalie um, in the 21 draft. Yeah. Um, We're kind of thin on goalies in the organization, especially if you take Corpy out of the equation after this year. Mm -hmm. So that kind of solves that. Um, And I think that he's he's a great addition. Yes, basically with Lalonde and Ivanov, that gives you two goalies added this year from this class of 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And Jet Greaves, who they signed within the last year, he's another still relatively young guy now that's under contract. So Elvis, Tarasov, Greaves, Ivanov, Lalonde, suddenly you know we don't have a a short list of yep. goalies anymore. And I like having the option of all those young guys and Lalonde again, still at just 18 years old, still a really young guy. He's probably going to put in two more years there in the OHL, a couple more years between, you know, Cleveland and Kalamazoo and all that. So mm-hmm. he's a while away and that's okay. That's the 
development timeline for a goalie, but I think there's definitely some some upside there from him. So yeah, that's our that's our roster. Do you feel good about what we have going into next week? I do. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see this, these last couple of preseason games. As you get kind of into the middle of the mm-hmm. preseason here, the games kind of get you know pretty meh, especially as the guys who are about to be cut are getting games in. Um, but you know, later this week we're going to start seeing what looks more like an NHL um, an NHL lineup. One thing that I do really like about the current state of the the organization is there's options in the bottom six. Yeah. You know, you lose guys, guys go down uh, injury. There's going to be some guys you can slot in and not have much of a drop off. Um, yeah. Versus the, the, last year, they struggled. Last year they had some uh, some fourth lines that were AHL bottom mm-hmm. six lines. You know, which was rough. But yeah, here here we're sending some guys to the AHL that are decent players. You yep. know, that you'd feel okay with being on the NHL roster if you had to. How does your feeling about the season, how has that changed from the start of preseason to now, from the start of camp to now? Do you feel any better or worse or about the same? About the same. I have higher expectations for the defense this year, um, and I think they're going to meet that. Bokvist mm-hmm. has looked pretty good in the games that he's played. Um, you know, I think if Bean struggles, you can have some guys you can slot in there. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. Good Branson has actually looked okay. Um, you know, he had a couple gaffes in I think his first game, but the games that he's played since then, he's actually, he's been kind of invisible, which is kind of what you want out of that five, six guy. Right. Um, forwards, you know, center's the biggest question, but I'm not worried about them scoring goals this year, just to be (laughs) honest with you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I'm worried about Jenner and Sillinger from their injury standpoint, but at the same time, from what I've seen from Johnson, I feel much better about his ability to fill in at the center yep. spot. And as far as team defense goes, the most important thing is Elvis looks super engaged. And so if Elvis is playing as great as he has been in preseason, that makes mm-hmm. the defense look much, much better. So I think that is encouraging for the team going forward. We might have, you know, maybe the offense dips like a little bit, but it's still pretty good. But if the defense gets up to like just below average, that's improvement. Yep. And I think we should see better results as a result of that. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this exercise. Let's see how our roster stacks up to what the team actually comes up with next week. Uh, Coming up later this week, Thursday at home against St. Louis and then Saturday at Washington. Those are the remaining preseason games. And then next Wednesday, the 12th at Carolina, that is the start of the regular season. Finally, can't wait to talk about that. Uh, We'll be previewing that more next Monday. Catch you next time. For more content from the Canon, go to jacketscanon.com. You can also follow the Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJ Canon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Go to angelapurley.com for more music and show dates.